0: I think one thing I want, I, I, you know, I don't know how we want to interweave this or if we even want to you know, launch off of it, is I think one of the things that can help your perspective of dating the most is understanding how, up to this point, how heavily yeah. culture has influenced your perspective of finding a mate. Absolutely. And if you are unaware of that, You are never going to truly find what is compatible for you. Right. If you're looking through a lens of what culture, right. And culture can mean Western Mm -hmm. and all of the subcultures, it could be church culture. I was talking to a student about this recently. I don't understand people who make statements like, I don't like, and they'll listen, ethnicity. Right. I don't like black. Guys, or I don't like Asian girls. Well, right. that lets me know that culture. Where did you grow up? Where was there not a lot of that ethnicity when you grew up? Right. That lets me know that culture is most likely impacting your view of what beauty is in general. Yeah. Rather than you and make to make such a blanket statement about a, a large population of, of the world. Yeah. Um, is letting me know that you're not truly. Deciphering the the intrinsic qualities of beauty, and yeah. every subculture defines beauty differently. And some, you know, as far as women are concerned, and because women are the emblems of beauty yeah. for for the most part, uh, some cultures women who are heavy set is seen as ideal, and right. other cultures a woman with a long narrow neck and and so right. on and so forth, right. and so. If we don't believe that culture impacts on what we define as beautiful, yeah. then I think we are totally going to be led astray. Right. Because there could be somebody that demonstrates the qualities of a good spouse, mm-hmm. but because they don't line up to his, to current trends right. of beauty— yeah a lot of times people will overlook that individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the pool of who is a suitable mate just seems yeah. to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller right. because there's all of these cultural benchmarks that they have to reach right. in addition to the spiritual ones and the personal ones. Right. Yeah. So we have like benchmarks from three different strata that people have to meet and then people step back, well, there's just nobody. There's right. just no- Well, define that a little bit more. What do yeah. you mean by nobody? There's nobody that shows Christian character and is in your uh, same season of life and and has you you are at least uh, have have a a physical attraction to. There's nobody. Right. Or there's nobody that fits the stringent uh, pre qualifications that culture. Yeah. Church culture, because sometimes we're we're also concerned about the arm candy element of it. Right and um, how does this person look on what are my friends going to think if i date them right Yeah. and um true. and we and then and then we get into our late 30s yeah where the options are less prevalent in our age right. group because a lot of our friends right. and a lot of the options have been married now we're presented with um a whole d- uh, a different set of challenges in trying to find somebody yeah because Now, nobody demonstrates any of the qualities I want. Right. And so, anyways.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, let me, let's, let's start off there then. The juices are flowing in that direction. What is then, uh, what are some biblical principles that young adults can use to understand the benchmark of what the Bible, the Word of God, uh, uh, teaches us is supposed to be? Um, is supposed to be uh, attractiveness, is supposed to draw our attention. What are some, what are some biblical principles? Do you guys know of any uh, or <clears throat> does, does any scripture come into mind about, you know, okay, great, you know, pop culture has, has ruined us and it's given us a fantasy, it's given us uh, ideals uh, that have actually uh, kind of corrupted what we expect. Uh, what should be a potential mate? And you know? I feel
2: like I want to pause there because I feel like a lot of young people won't admit that. Right. Like they, they're they in Bible college or even if they're not in Bible college, they're in their 20s now and they're no longer watching Disney Channel or whatever movies that romanticize this, this cycle of non-healthy relationship, right? Or this attraction to a not healthy, not whole person, right? That's all the movies, all the little teeny bop movies that we grow up on. And now they're older, and I don't think they ever really get real with themselves and, and admit that, okay, this is actually not what I'm supposed to do. It's almost like a subconscious leading to that fulfillment of that behavior. Like, they actually start behaving that way. They start wanting the bad guy, you know, or wanting the guy that's the life of the party, but is it is kind of jacked up, but they can fix them. They get this savior complex of, like, well, I can help them be better, and they need me. It's It's less than it's less of i can help them it's more of they need me cuz they don't have a good mom or they don't have a good family or they find they find their worth in meaning something to that person mm-hmm. instead of having their worth set with god first and having that god confidence so i think one of the huge steps of okay where does dating come from and the and the the bad view of how to date okay yes it comes from pop culture but it also it doesn't just pop culture doesn't just jump on us. We receive it, we accept it. It does something in our souls that we allow to permeate for years and years and years. And then we start getting to the adult age where we date yeah. and we're 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 working off of that baseline because either our church hasn't had seminars to teach us or we don't have mentors to help us or we don't have a good family to look at or how they did it or yeah. or whatever the things may be, but we never as young adults admit I am doing something that is not the correct way to do something. It's just like trial and error, right, you know?
0: Right. I think, I, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no, you're good. I think just the misunderstanding, again, what we were talking about moments ago, and you, you elaborated on so well, is we just are unaware on how much pop culture influences our presuppositions Absolutely. about relationships. Yeah. And because the church presents um, a very healthy view of, of monogamy and you know find your 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 spouse and we talked about equally yoked and all of that we leave so much undefined mm. and so much is undefined because i think a really good disclaimer to start the podcast is i think everybody's going to understand it whatever the title is biblical perspectives of dating well that's kind of a dichotomy because right. mm-hmm. dating is not a biblical concept that's right. right so here's the here's the disclaimer For all of you clicking on the podcast and say, well, how are they going to make this unbiblical thing biblical? Well, we understand that the model of dating is not a biblical model. However, it is the cultural precedent that's in place. If you just claim autonomy from dating in this culture and you just say it's unbiblical— like, good luck finding somebody, you yeah, know? Right? Yeah. Because this is <laughs> the world is, that we live in. It's the function. platform. Yeah. It's the right. platform yeah. in which we function yeah. today. We understand, and Brother Brega will give the, uh, the history of it a little bit later. He was talking about doing some research on that, which I'm unaware. I- I'm very interested in hearing about that today. But understanding that the entire domain of dating yeah. is. Is culturally created. Right. So what we're trying to do is superimpose overarching, timeless biblical principles exactly. about attractiveness. Right. And put And place that into this yeah. man-made culture. So right. we understand dating is not biblical, but it's not necessarily unbiblical. Mm-hmm. We don't have any commands in scripture to perform arranged marriages. Right. We mm-hmm. see that that was the domain they operated <clears throat> in in that time. But in the New Testament context, there's no explicit commands. Yeah. This is the way right. women need to marry men. Right. Okay, right. It, And it says in, in Proverbs, probably, first scripture that comes to mind, he that findeth a wife. Right. So much of that is undefined.
1: Yeah, and, and that seems to imply uh, unarranged marriage, actually, it's because he, he that found. findeth a wife. Means that you are an agent of your own interest. And so it assumes that a young man finds a young woman, which it does not automatically include my father and my mother matchmaking and finding me someone. So the Bible seems to um, uh, uh, present both models right. as acceptable models, right. both you being an agent of your own interests and also your mother and your father, uh, predominantly a father seeking for a mate for you to marry right okay and so the bible doesn't define and perhaps that's the point right the word of god we have to trust the word of god in what it does define and we also have to trust that the silence is intentional as well so trying to apply these timeless biblical principles is the point that god needs us to learn how to apply timeless biblical principles to every single era of time, yes. regardless of modern era, pre-modern era, or whatever right. we're talking about. Right, right, right.
0: And so understanding the presuppositions that we take into relationships is founded on a man-made construction of dating in general. Right. And so here's the thing that you have to understand if you're listening to this podcast. Yes, this is how we we find people, and this is how— uh, we search out for uh, our our companion, but the laws of dating that have been set forth and presented to you are not immutable, unwavering laws of companionship. Yeah. Somebody might say, "Well, you know, this is how you need to date. Um, you need to you need a person that does this, that, or this, mm-hmm. or that." Well, I've heard people say, "Well, you can't get married to somebody unless they have these certain qualities." Now yeah. we do understand that there is a precedent of marrying somebody who is of, like, faith as you. that That's that's non-negotiable. Right. However, this concept of picking somebody off of these characteristics is a really, really, really new thing yeah. Yeah. according to human history. I mean, for millennia, we, we talked about the arranged marriage aspect. People married somebody whom their fathers picked out for them, yeah right, and they learned to love them, yes.
1: right, and genuine and love, yes. authentic love, love, came them. as a result.
0: And so, and obviously, nobody listening to this knows that we're that's not what we're like. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Man. We're not like uh, we're not like uh, recommending. We're not recommending right, that. But yeah. if you think like you know, if we don't have fun in these contexts, and we don't, I'm not attracted in this context. Mm-hmm well then i'm just never going to be happy mm-hmm. we over complicate it yeah. to a degree yes in which nobody fits these pre-complications and i'm going to hit a really big holy cow right now okay mm-hmm. and i'm gonna get crucified for this one <laughs> i'm gonna get so crucified but you know we have to talk about it okay? right, right 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 uh you know people talk about making your list yeah okay oh i
2: right. am with you I'm not a lister. Let's
1: hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it first. Let's hear what he's going to say. Just,
0: let me just like try to not attack it too hard. Okay. Yes, right? yes, okay. Like yes, if you yes. put on the list, like, you know, spiritual elements and you yeah. want them to be funny and things right. like that, there's nothing wrong with that. But people go to the substrata of he's got to be over High. six feet tall. Yes. Blue right. eyes. And he's got to have blue eyes. And he's got to have brown hair. Right. And yes. then here comes a blonde headed five foot nine. Right. You know, (laughs) wrong ethnicity individual... And you're like and, and he's just God's gift of the world He's the most kind Humble gentle guy And yeah. you're like Well I made my list You know <laughs> and I have faith On this list yeah. I'm gonna get if, that if brown God, hair. God loves <laughs>
1: me enough To give me what I want <laughs> I
0: don't know of any Other biblical precedent Where we're allowed To do uh, that yeah, no, yeah, 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 no No that's right? not how the will of God yeah. works. It's like yeah. God I'm only gonna pastor A church that has Yeah exactly right. Blue we carpets I'm that. gonna make my list ever. For my church yeah, and, and for my yeah. future, and future ministry the pulpit Has to be cherry wood stained Right it's not the will of God if it ain't cherry wood, <laughs> right? Right. You know what I mean. And so I know it's a holy cow. I don't think it's wrong to write down things right. that you find attractive in a mate. I'm all for that. I think making I, there's nothing wrong with making. No, a list, no, no. Yeah, but you start to if you the start demand to
1: be, of your future to be conformed to that, and list.
0: the and, and for men and women in general, the mindset to even create a list we're talking is like 60 70 years old yeah mm-hmm. right uh, people married people in general because you know i'm uh i'm a farmer you know right. yeah right. i need a wife to make make me i mean it was survival mentality right for a lot of years but our modern conveniences have created a new way of thinking which is fine right. but if you get so married to the idea that And this is really powerful when we start talking about, and this might minister to a young married couple, if you have the mentality that it is a person's characteristics and qualities that are going to automatically make you uh, or give you a happy marriage, then when you get married, you have this presupposition, well, they met my list everything's going to be just smooth and okay. Right. Then when things start to go wrong, what starts, oh, actually, this wasn't the right person because the right person's supposed to be seamless with no problems whatsoever. Enable
1: the easiest path forward. Mm -hmm.
0: And now that I'm married to somebody in which we have problems, my whole foundation is shaky and I'm thinking I married the wrong person. Right. Right. When any relationship, when you take two different personalities it's going to take a, a whole lot of work and a whole lot of death to self, because you have to learn how to go from serving yeah. your needs predominantly scripturally to serving someone else's needs yeah. predominantly. And so this concept of beauty isn't really defined in Scripture. The Bible talks about, you know, beauty and women seeking out beauty. But the Scriptures that come to my mind that are most predominant is there's a passage in First Peter where he says, do not let your adornment be outward. And that word adornment literally just means to make beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let your beautifying be outward, yeah. but let your beautifying be inward yeah, uh, of a, a quiet and peaceful spirit. And then there's another passage in Proverbs where it says, beauty is fleeting. Yeah. It's in Proverbs 31. It says beauty is fleeting, but... But, you know, it talks about the virtuous woman and her character and all these types of things. And so qualities of beauty, obviously, like we see, I think the most predominant example of this in Scripture, it's probably the only one I can think of, is Rachel and Leah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Jacob loves Rachel, but then he gets Leah. But ultimately, he gets married, and he realizes that Leah actually is a better wife in a lot of ways because she produces 10 sons for him and in that time that's what needed to take place to yeah. to produce the children of israel without leah you don't get jesus yeah right and so ultimately that dichotomy in in jacob's mind didn't seem to be carried out the exact same way yeah. in the long run yeah.
1: as in the dating phase yeah. Yeah. But let me let me back this up a little bit and uh and I know we we have a lot to say about this subject, but I'd like to back it up and get the woman's perspective on lists. Sister Obrego, can you kind of. Yeah. So what were you going to say? So regarding lists?
2: I want to say that I did the list. But when I sat down to do the list. It was required of me to do a list. When I sat down to do the list, I learned how much God had healed my mind from before giving my life to him to that. That's point in life where I was at. Because there is a pro to the list. Okay. There is pros to the list because yeah, and I, that, it that makes you study. It right. makes okay. you study. Yeah, if you're really serious good. about the list, right? If you're serious about, like Pastor Morgan said, the principles, the spiritual principles that you should be looking for in someone for your future, then you really have to sit down and you can't just say the long brown hair, the skinny white girl, the or, or you know, the Latin or whatever. You can't say that stuff because when you really are trying to get into the mind of God for your right. future. Yeah. You have to look into his word of what he wants for you. Exactly. And when I sat down to make my list, I met that fate and I wrote down some really beautiful things that really brought me into a great prayer meeting with God after Mm -hmm. I typed it up for my assignment. And, and I was thankful for that list because it, it it reflected how much God had healed my mind. Right. So it is a good thing if used correctly by the person who's creating it. You know, if they're at that mature level, if they're at that place where they're really, and I guess this hits a question that we're probably going to get to later is when is it appropriate to start dating? I think when you're able to know what God wants for your future, biblically, what type of a woman would yoke well with you, not by appearances or, Mm -hmm. or even by calls, which I'd like to talk about a little bit later, like, Oh, well they don't want to do missions, well I'm going to do missions. It's it's it 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 negates what you're actually supposed to be doing, which yeah. is just finding the mind of God for your future. And right. for me, it's what is the role of a woman? What is the role of a man in a marriage? And can this is this woman at a place in her life where she can perform that role? Yeah. You know, maybe not perfect. Yeah. Maybe not all, but has a confidence in God and knows who she is. You know, so the list helped me write down things right. that guided me to give my husband a chance you know like a confident man in god someone who loves god above all things above anything that would come into their life you know things like that and nothing nothing physically was ever put on my list yeah because it just didn't feel right to me at that at that place in my life and learning and knowing god i could not write down those physical traits it just was it just felt it felt polluted yeah you know because, like Pastor Morgan said, what if you what if you marry a very short man who's shorter than you? Yeah. As a woman, that's a big deal, you know, because it feels like, oh, you know, I'm towering or I'm overpowering, because the you tall
1: know. tall and strength is is the pop symbol. culture symbol. It's, it's a symbol of, of what something.
2: a man is supposed to be or masculinity, right? But what if that man is more of a man than right. some six foot something guy who's going to treat you like garbage? Exactly, you know. Yeah. So it's a very it was very. To put anything physical was a very polluted thing for me. And even touching on like Pastor Morgan kind of mentioned like, okay, there has to be some attraction there. Like we talked about in arranged marriages, you know, um, you grew to love that person. Yeah. And I honestly feel like some, I hear a lot of students that I, that I mentor and that I talk to they'll mention like, I just don't feel attracted to that person. Right. But you can be attracted to a person. You can can learn who they are and their soul and that will overcome any not attractiveness that you feel towards them. it's
1: authentic. Yes, and it's
2: authentic. It's not conjured. It's like, wow, you don't see that fleshly barrier anymore. It's, yeah, so... That's my take on the list. I think it has pros and it has cons. If if you're in a mature state where you can use it correctly and actually use it as a study tool right. to guide you to learn about what you're going to need, yeah. sure, you know.
1: And, and so then and let me tie this together and, 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 and say this. I think that's the point of the list, right? Because yes. the list then, it, 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 it reveals the part of you that Arnold arnal-minded, The part of you that's like, wait a second, this doesn't feel right in prayer. And then at the same time, it reveals those principles that are fashioned after the image of Christ. And you say, these seem like the right principles to have. And so I think, I don't believe or not believe, I think lists are great when they are used by wise people, mentors, uh, who can help young adults develop an understanding of what a godly uh, god-centered list should look like Mm -hmm. because i agree with this ethnicity deal you know um, and and that and and so my my interest really is not in pointing out the problem of what if i'm not attracted to this kind of body type and that kind of ethnicity and this height of a person and and this body structure of whatever you know i that those preferences exist They exist. And because we're a product of our past, in many ways, we can't do much about how the past has formed us until now. What I'm more interested in is how do I break down the barriers of my present so that I can learn to find the intrinsic value and beauty within individuals now and in the future? because we are tainted we are absolutely tainted by pop pop culture our past has defined what we find beautiful what we find non-beautiful body types change expectations change you know and we're all trying up to a certain point um up until god gives us wisdom we're trying to meet a disney defined understanding of what it means to find that beautiful person or that person that that will be attractive to me. And it's
2: so crazy, right? Because you use that Disney, right? That very magical just connect. And I think I can speak for our marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, in not writing down the list that would characterize that Disney principle or whatever, or be like totally narrow-minded to only that, what the physical physical aspects of what that looks like. I got that Disney experience in following the principles of God and following his order of what would be good for my future I got my Disney Prince and my Disney marriage, you know? So I feel like almost it's, it's the, we're, we're trained in, in the world and pop culture and media influences to seek this thing that we're, we're forced to be attracted to or whatever. And really God has the answer for us to find that happiness and that peace, that peace filled life, that precious But but let's
1: clarify this. I, I, I am not other people's Disney Prince. I'm your right, 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 right. Because it God designs things in such a way that they. You know, and God created and saw that it was good. Yes. And he makes it that good. Right. Um, And and so um, someone actually asked me. um, Asked me how like because is it wrong that I'm only attracted to certain ethnicities uh, and certain kinds of people? Uh, and uh, is, is that wrong? And uh, how can I become attracted to those ethnicities that I'm not attracted to? And I said and I told them this I, and I, I suggested this and let me know what you guys think. OK, I suggested this. I said I, I told this person, don't be concerned. It's not it. Don't be as concerned with trying to make yourself like a certain body type or a certain look, okay? Set that aside. Be more concerned with learning how to value the intrinsic value of a human being. Mm-hmm. Learn how to value people. Learn how to care for people. Discover who they are. Have conversations with them. Discuss with them. And learn to value Individuals, no matter who they are, and as a result, many times these emotions will still will simply develop by themselves. You know, because in the end, you're only called to marry one person. Like you're only gonna marry one person, so you don't have to be attracted to all ethnicities. All you have to do is is be attracted to one person. Yeah. And many times when people end up, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll open the floor. Uh, to re- for you guys to react what I'm saying, many times when a person ends up marrying somebody who they never expected that they would be attracted to or marry, it wasn't because they were trying to become attracted to them. It was because they sat together with them and they talked. Yeah. And they, they found discovered, their value. whoa, Yeah. This, this person, this girl, this guy is amazing. Yeah. And it turned on a light bulb. And it's because they learned how to value their intrinsic scent worth mm-hmm. that they are a man, a woman of God. Yes. And that, so my concern is not trying to get them to like different ethnicities, but teaching them how to value the human soul People. the yes. way that God values them.
0: Right, right. And I think we heavily underestimate the importance of soul attraction. Okay. Mm-hmm. Being attracted to somebody's. Soul, yeah. personality. Un- Unravel that.
1: Unravel that, because that sounds esoteric here, yeah, mystical. <laughs> but yeah, break that down. Right. What and do you mean? So,
0: in 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 the the element of when you see somebody's physical beauty, it is and it, it is n- not just important to know, but it's it's widely known that people generally don't get more beautiful as they get older. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, people, you know, it, it, there are, <laughs> there's a popular term going on right now uh, called the glow up. You know, okay, yeah, Every once in a while, some <laughs> people experience yeah. a glow up. All right, <laughs> good, good on you if you're a glow upper. All right, <laughs> good, good you up, all right? <laughs> uh, but generally, people are gonna <laughs> hit decline. that. They're gonna, yeah, <laughs> it's the <steady a> decline. <laughs> decline. It's, it's, it's the dimming. But <laughs> people with with these healthy marriages, and mm. I can think of specific examples. As they become less attractive people, the man's shoulders start to stoop and maybe his belly starts to pop out more and, and the wife's wrinkles and so on and so forth. But there's just consistent examples of their love not diminishing right. with their physical beauty. That yeah. tells us something really important. But their love is increasing and yes. yes. you hear things like, and I, I know this to be true, and I will absolutely say, and I mean this, my wife is as beautiful as she has ever been.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: I grow more in love with her. Yes. Um as the years go by mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with us becoming more physically attractive, but the more we get to know one another, yes. yeah. we start to be attracted to their and and I I purposely avoided the phrase personality because I think it's much deeper than that. Yes. Right. It's the essence of a person, their Who they soul, are, yeah. right? Yes. And so it's this soul attraction where I might, and this is where the list gets a little bit uh, cumbersome, somebody doesn't reach the benchmarks for physical qualities, and so thus I don't give them a chance, but mm-hmm. when I start to sit down and talk with somebody, all of a sudden, yeah. I'm more attracted to the person, not because they're becoming more beautiful mm-hmm. in a outward static right. sense, but as I get to know their personality... yeah. There is a deeper attraction that's forming
1: apart from their physical characteristics, and so here's—I mean, but that ends up manifesting physical attraction. Yeah, it it, somehow it influences, though it is some type of uh, you know kind of spiritual recognition. It ends up, you know, uh, basically (laughs) we're not we're we're saying that uh, it will turn on the godly intended function yeah. of marriage yeah. in all of its in every fashion right, right. Well, it's right. a holistic attraction right, right. Yes. it's right. not
0: one dimensional anymore yes. it grows deeper yeah. and I, I see such Vanessa wants to say something but spoiler alert <laughs> like we're all getting old yeah. yeah, you know we're all we all going to get a little ugly you yeah. know like right. it's just part, part of the of decline the of life unless yes. you're you know unless you're Jim Blackshear you know what i mean <laughs> like man i don't know i don't know if he's gonna hear this or not but it's like i don't even know yeah we on decline we're on that boy like a fine wine you know better and better and better but minus the exceptions to the rule right and so the point is if physical attraction is the foundation yeah of course it's an element but if it's the foundation of a relationship You're You're missing so much already. You're missing so much. So much. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: I only wanted to add (laughs) that I feel like what this concept that we're talking about, that soul attraction and that knowing who a person is, is I had the same verse when we were studying for this and I was studying for this. I pulled up that first Peter verse and in that verse, it says with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. It's that inside soul formation that you've allowed God to have complete control over that just is incorruptible like that part of you like as we decline like you're saying like our flesh is corruptible it's gonna go down it's gonna sag it's gonna droop it's gonna wrinkle but the beauty inside of us that God has placed in there because we've allowed him to touch our souls and resurrect our dead dry souls is now gonna illuminate and illuminate brighter and brighter as we get more refined. And I think that's why maybe older couples fall more and more and more in love because they keep walking with God and they keep being more like Christ. And the more their soul becomes like Christ, the more they fall in love with each other. Because someone just asked us in the student center the other day, as my husband and I were walking out, they said, what is marriage for? And we were like, man, that's a long answer for this pass by drive by, you know, walking by. But as I was studying for this, I honestly, I started getting teary eyed in my office when I was studying for this podcast, because I realized that I see Christ in my husband every day. Like, and the more, getting emotional, the more I live with him, the more I see Jesus. And it's like, and it gives me hope that I can be like Jesus because there's a human in my life that is more like Jesus than anyone that I know. And it's, it's that iron that sharpens iron and being married and living with someone And realizing marriage is just another way that God manifests his love to humanity and challenges us, but also equips us to be more like him. And it's like, yeah, if that's not what marriage is for, I don't know what it's for. Like, it's just it's the image. It's an image. It's a type. It's a another arm and branch for God to extend his love and mercy and draw us near to him. So I think that's a part of that beauty that that soul beauty is is becoming more like Jesus Christ And being that witness to your spouse and your spouse being that witness to you. And this has happened to me multiple times. You know, I've studied the Psalms and I'm reading and I'm like, wait, that's my husband. He does that. 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 I'm like, oh my gosh, you can be like Jesus. You can really walk on this earth and be really like Jesus. And so I feel like if you cut off that whole, you know, like you said, pool of, people because they don't look the way that you think that you're that you think that you've deceived yourself into believing you're not attracted to wow what a disservice you're doing to yourself and to the will of god for your life because that person that you don't think is the most attractive could be the person that tries that you unite with in life and makes you more like christ and you're not just cutting off it's not a small thing like i know we're all friends and we're like have fun talking about this stuff but it's such a serious thing yeah you could be shutting off the voice of God in your life that's for right. a huge part of yeah. your purpose, yes. you know, and it's right. yeah, yeah, it's important, you know.
1: So let, let me mm-hmm. let me throw this guy, this your guys's direction, because I've thought about, you know, there's a branch of philosophy that's called aesthetics. Aesthetics is the study of uh, what makes things attractive, what makes what 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 draws people's attention to art what draws people attention to nature what draws people attention to these things the study of aesthetics it's got it's 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 um forced in me okay the the thought what are biblical aesthetics and i think it translates into attraction and beauty uh what are biblical principles of aesthetics and my mind automatically uh when because i think theologically and i tried to i'm trying to create a systematic theology of it i have to start in the beginning okay what is the principle of aesthetics as established in the book of genesis in the garden of eden right the purpose of god for a marriage relationship the man and the woman adam and eve was to tend to the garden Which means that the garden on its own, by nature, would have a nature to overextend its boundaries and grow in such a way that it was untended to. And it was disorderly. And only in relationship between garden, which is what God created, man and woman taking care of the garden would then the godly ordained manifestation of what the garden could be and all its potential would come to fruition for me. Uh, and this is my, and I've only begun my journey, you know, and I, I, I thought in thinking about this, for me, I, I think a more biblical understanding of aesthetics uh, is uh, that which has demonstrates Order And that, by that, I don't mean like machine, like order, you know, order by order. I mean something that shows agent intentionality. A human agent has participated in defining this thing. Right. Which is why, for example, if we look at the at a front yard of a home, OK, and we see bushes that are overgrown and trees that are growing a grass that's overgrown That is not aesthetically pleasing. However, you go to the neighbor and has the grass that is trimmed and it's marked up and the trees, they're trimmed and the bushes are shaped. There are are signs of a human agent here. There are signs of intentionality. This is not just the Garden of Eden growing on its own. There is a human who is living here and is shaping it. And whatever gives us the signs of that order and not chaos and disorder brings comfort to us on a subconscious level, and we attribute to that thing beauty. Right? We see the sun rise every morning, we see the mountainside, and we say, This did not happen on its own. There was a God who said, Let it be, and it was. Mm-hmm. And so, there is order with the sun every day, and this order tells me of a glory right and the manifestation of this order says there is a glory beyond right this is the same thing with beauty right this i i i feel like this is a really good biblical principle right uh, and so and it actually gives us a, a, a line to follow at the very least in what way should i as an individual present myself um and, and what way should young, young adults present myself? Okay. Don't be walking out of your dorm room all disheveled and messed up and busted up. You know what yeah, I mean? The uh, let there be uh, agentful, um, uh, let it, let it, let there, like when you show yourself in public, let there be signs that you care about your presentation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go to church, you comb your, there's something about combing your hair. There's something about ironing your shirt, right? Oh. There's something about, Order is there in the same way that Adam and Eve would have placed order in the Garden of Eden. Uh, you guys are welcome to contradict me or, you know, or, or or add to it, whatever you think. But I think that that might be a good way to start to define what is beautiful. what is. Show- so we talk about being meek. We talk about being, uh, uh, what did that scripture say? Um,
2: a gentle spirit, a, a gentle, quiet
1: spirit. Quiet spirit. A quiet spirit is contrasted with the opposite in Proverbs that says that a a a, a disorderly woman is one who shouts and screams and a, a and a gentle spirit. Uh, men are talked about in New Testament of, of being gentle. So this is not just uh, a feminine women. trait. It's not a feminine trait. It's signs of order. It's signs of saying I have something to say. I could say it if I wanted to. But I restrain myself, mm-hmm. and I am in order. I ordered my heart, yeah. and I choose when to speak and when not. I
2: think it's—I think it's a concept that happens naturally when you co- when you walk closer with Christ, when you walk hand in hand with Christ on a daily basis, and you're genuinely wanting to be transformed. That order starts taking place, right? Because for someone, you can be very well groomed and not have right. the mind of Christ or the heart of Christ at your forefront. Yeah. You know, desire. So I wouldn't base it off of just grooming, you know, I would base it off of someone trying their best and their most genuine effort to be like Christ. It automatically starts ordering your life. It automatically starts making you say that's too tight. You know, something that never you thought was too tight before is now feels weird on you and you can't put it on, you know, or you go home, you take a trip home. I remember I went home when I was in Bible college and I put on a dress that I had always worn. Um, but I had started wearing a skirt under it because I came here and I was like, oh, this is maybe taboo, you know, but I hadn't got it in my own heart yet. And I went home and I tried to wear that dress without that skirt under because I was like, this is just Pentecostal culture. We do this at Bible college. But I went home to Fresno and I tried to do that and I couldn't leave my room. I was like, yeah. I feel weird. Like, this is weird. This feels unorderly. This feels like I'm not going to be a hypocrite. And and I feel naked almost, you know, because it's yeah. like I've known a better way now. I've known a more modest way. I've known a better a more beautiful way that makes me feel more uh, in line with God, you know, not because I'm told or not because it's the rule, but it makes me feel in order with Christ. Yeah. And I think that in order starts happening over time. Cause you know, there may be young men who don't know how to iron or right. they haven't had families or parents or, or functional yeah. things that have taught them, Hey, don't be wrinkled, you know, but over time they feel a little bit more like this isn't a good representation of my God, yeah. you know, not of, me to get a wife or it's all about getting in line with god and then that ordering i've never thought of it the way that you put it i think it's a a wonderful support of the principle that people already encounter and develop on its own naturally because it's god's order and his design but it's there and i think that is what makes someone either feminine or masculine or attractive is that they're aligning themselves with god and that just shines bright you know more than a haircut, more than, you know, cause I used to walk out of my room in my flip-flops cause I'm not walking all the way on, on our, you know, ground in my heels to, to just look nice. No, I was, I was functional, but I wasn't like busted and disgusted. You know what I mean? But there's order that happens, but right. it has to be a genuine, a genuine place. It's yeah. coming from for your desire to please God. And I think that's the order that we're talking about that, that starts changing you to not wear the tight thing or the shorter thing that was okay with you before or the super wrinkled or smelly thing that yeah. you didn't care about because you were a boy, but now you're becoming a man and God's calling you to that manhood, right. you know?
1: And, and, and to, to have worn that short skirt for men to wear certain clothings uh, that um, are immodest in many ways. And what way does that demonstrate disorder? It demonstrates that their passions overcome their actions and one who cannot control yeah. their passions that is the garden of eating that is overflowing right which is why the word of god says it in other things too like when you're in that it, when you're in the dining room of the king put a knife to your throat mm-hmm. that means don't pig out yeah when you are in the presence of authorities because for you to pig out in the presence of dignitaries that means that you cannot control disorder you cannot control your appetite. You cannot control your passions, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, uh, you know, this is what we subconsciously crave. And I think this is what women subconsciously crave, right? Uh, so because we don't have very many opportunities for young men to demonstrate order, pop culture has chosen things like football to demonstrate order. To demonstrate a young man has the agent ability to run through this group of defenders, right, and catch a ball and make a touchdown. They are symbols of our innate hunger to see someone can create order out of the chaos of the people in the field and create something valuable that everyone will honor. They don't honor the fact that you were brave, but you got tackled at the first yard line. It, as brave and as you may have been, they're not going to celebrate that. They sub- celebrate a successful touchdown. They celebrate a successful run because that demonstrates purpose and order. And so the problem is, is that we have taken that nature that God has established within the reality that we lived in, and we've defined it with pop culture measures. Of what is beautiful, of pop culture measures of what is aesthetic and what is orderly, uh, when we should be seeking uh, for uh, more biblical yeah. concepts and examples. Yeah. Right? Um, I think that's a pretty good, honestly, a pretty good line. You know, what should I find attractive? That which demonstrates the order, the order of your soul being aligned with Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I've seen uh, some individuals, some. And honestly, I feel like, and I could be wrong, girls are easier, ladies are easier, uh, sometimes are able to value this a little bit more than, than men in many ways because you could have this really, according to the world standards, unattractive man, but because he presents himself very well, very confident, what is confidence? Confidence means I am able to overcome my insecurities. To achieve a certain thing. They're
2: sure of, of them of themselves, yes. not in a haughty way, but in no. a in a right. boldness and an assurance of who
1: they are. Yes. Mm. And that confidence makes them more attractive to women. Because that confidence demonstrates if I need to, all right, I can do what I have to do to protect my family. If I need to, I will do whatever it takes to make sure those who are under my care are safe. If I need to, I'll get a job if I need to, right? And this sense of security of confidence that even transcends personality types like yeah. sanguine or, you know, outgoing or introvert. Because you could, it can be an introvert, man, but still be confident. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It actually adds to their attractiveness. Uh, but it's because they're demonstrating principle principles of order that got established within reality yeah yeah right
0: right and i think the concept of and everything you you've both said it is so enlightening you know i'm trying to unpack all of it what you said about the garden and even in a utopian society mm-hmm. there is an element of tending and mending to what yeah. is perfect mm. and god created it in that way and so you know a passion that comes to my mind when it refers to developing, yes, we should, you know, groom ourselves, as Sister Vanessa pointed out, but it goes further than that because that demonstrates the care I have for a greater purpose. I'm tending to the garden not because I want to tend to the garden as much as the Lord asked me to tend. Very good. And that relates my commitment and obedience to Him. And so... Um, we think of this concept of uh, that a woman should adorn herself in modest mm-hmm. apparel. Yeah. Now, for most people, that verse has been used like a stick. You know, this yeah. is why you need to wear this. Well, if you really understand what he's saying there, it's quite beautiful. Again, the, the concept of adornment is a very deep Greek concept, and I've tried to do some study into it. The word adornment is actually the Greek word kosmos. which is the word we use for world. It's the predominant word most of the time when cosmos appears in the New Testament. It's the word world. It says that a woman should adorn herself. So why is this word also mean adornment, which can mean, as I pointed out earlier, beautify, but it can also mean decorate. Mm. It's this concept that God created a world that wasn't just functional but it was also beautiful. Mm. There are elements of the created universe that are just for aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. The stars in the sky mm-hmm. are simply and nothing more than aesthetic. They, the glory of God. they create nothing more than to, and the glory, the word glory, has an element of beauty yes. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weighty, but it also can mean beauty. It's the beauty. Glory is the beauty of God yeah um it's the things about god that are beautiful it's the attractiveness of god yes his glory and so the stars in the sky and elements of uh, of a sunset god created simply for aesthetic purposes yeah and so the point is that we believe that the divine decorator is the one who demand or or determines what is beautiful so when a man or a woman minimize gold apparel braided hair makeup tight clothing what we are doing is demonstrating that the divine decorator is the one who determines what is beautiful wow
1: okay
0: i'm not going to overlay what the divine decorator called beautiful right Right. and so that this is like I, i tell this to young ladies why are we a movement that is is not for wearing makeup. It's not because God has a makeup allergy. Yeah. You know, like right. you go to prayer and it's almost like a peanut allergy. Like right. It nothing to do with it. you. <laughs> yeah. It has nothing to do with that as much as living out what Psalm 139 says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. Basically believing that. believing it, saying I am not going to divulge myself to a standard of beauty that yeah. is propitiated by the world or by pop culture. I am saying that the best things about me are the things God created me with. And so for a woman to wear modest apparel is not just about a woman not being sexually enticing to man or provocative. That passage has nothing about being provocative. I don't think we should be provocative. I think there's other passages and Sister Venice, and I have, have talked about this in the concept of tight-fitting clothing in general is not generally a modesty issue in the church. We're mm. talking about creating um, temptations, and 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 uh, it, it has to do with a sexual attraction trying to cause people to lust upon me, and it doesn't always happen that way. But that's not a modesty issue. Yeah. A modesty issue is saying— the best things about me are not the things that are on the outside. Yeah. but it's uh, it's what God created me on the inside. Rather yeah. when somebody gets around me, I want the number one thing that they notice about me is not any physical quality or characteristic, but that Christ is living in me. Yes. And yes. it comes through in my character. Right. Yeah. And so and I and you know, the number one area of my job that I was unaware of in becoming a young adult pastor (laughs) is entertaining the question, what should I look for in a spouse? Right. (laughs) You know, I I have lots of young men who think I'm really operating in the gifts of the spirit because they'll come into my office and they'll sit down and the first thing I'll say is, what's her name, bro? And and they'll go, brother how did you know? How did you know? And then all you have to do is take two you're fingers. You're letting out your your secrets, bro. They're all gonna care. know now. I don't even care. You take two fingers and just go like this. And <laughs> Telepathy. They, just, they just think, they yeah, just think right, you're so right, good right. to the spirit. But it's the challenge. This is yeah, why we're yeah, doing the right, podcast. Exactly. Yeah. And obviously we we've already sufficiently answered, you know, the the perspective of outward beauty. But in addition to that, I tell men, young men especially, and young ladies in, in scenarios, look for character yeah. mm-hmm. because character is the thing yeah. that unless forfeited does not change. Yes. How do they handle discouragement? Yeah. How do they handle when authority says no? Yeah. yeah. How are they with their finances? Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are qualities and characteristics that are going to carry over yeah. when you are married. Yes. And I think you both just enlightened me and demonstrated it in such a beautiful way this is actually a reflection on my commitment and relationship with God. Not necessarily that I'm just somebody that has everything all together, Mm -hmm. but that I'm living for a higher purpose beyond myself.
1: Can I I add something to just very quickly to what you said? Look for character. I would also add to that something that you could take into the prayer room is learn how to love good character. Yes. That's it. Learn how to love good character because you don't have to use a person to pray about that and say, help me. You know, I'm not really attracted to this girl, God, but she has good character. Help me to fall in love with her good character. (laughs) No, 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 That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying disconnect every individual from that. Yeah. Learn to love and learn to appreciate, get excited about when you see good character demonstrated in general. Yeah. And that by nature will help your eye open and see there's beauty here
2: i think and i think the best way to fall in love with good character is to develop it yourself yeah because you have gone through the toil and the mud of error you know trial and error and repentance and digging out good character for your own life and you know the sacrifice it takes to obtain that good character and to study to have that good character and to choose the right choices make the right decisions, treat people the right way. And you've put all this toil into being more like Christ and trying to have that good character that now when you see it, you appreciate it and you honor it and you recognize it because you first have developed it in you. And I think that's a big part in young men and young women saying, well, is this the right person for me? Or how do I know if they're the one? It has a lot to do with where, what are you doing yeah. to prepare yourself for that right person right. or it's, for that one.
0: So I think this is an excellent pivot because I want to get you guys' perspective on this because we, okay. we were talking about this uh, before the podcast started. Okay, so how does this answer the question, how am I ready? How do I know I am ready yeah. to start entertaining, okay, dating, courtship, engagement, marriage, but to begin the process in general? Cause what I'm seeing as a young adult pastor so much is people. I heard somebody in his mid thirties the other day. I'm just not ready to get married. Mm. Wow. And I'm not critiquing him. I'm mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean right. to you? Because is it a financial thing? I think we've even talked about this on a previous podcast, yeah. uh, but it's coming back to mind. We recorded it so long ago. Um, you know, it's not necessarily just financial. Because getting married ha, now having kids is expensive, <laughs> I know firsthand. Um, <laughs> but getting married in general is not that ex, is not that much more of an increase of finances if you are already to sufficiently live on your own. Yeah. Okay. Because you're actually splitting the bills two ways right. rather rather than spending gas to drive back and forth to each other's houses. Yeah. Um, and you're
2: adding that income.
0: And That's you're adding income. that second income. You're not going out to eat as often. You're eating more homemade meals and inside the house. So, in a lot of ways, getting married, you know, on your taxes, you get, you know, <laughs> you can claim on your taxes. In a lot of ways, getting married is actually more affordable than living on your own. Yeah. Um, and so people say, well, I want to be financially secure before. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. A lot of people, it has nothing to do with having, wh- what do you mean, 10,000 in the bank? Yeah. Like, right yeah. when I hit 10,000 in the bank, I'm, pulling I'm going the to trigger. look for my life companion. Yeah. yeah, no. Right? And so, I believe it comes down to something much deeper. A person has not yet identified, and this has a lot to do with neurological development, they have not yet discovered who they are. Yes. Absolutely. And so, The fact that they don't know who they are, they don't know who they want to be with. Right. I'm attracted. I like dating. I like the companionship element, but I'm foregoing the commitment because I want to give myself an allotment time developing. Right. Because I feel like once I pick a life mate, that. Freezes my development process. Yeah. And I feel that that is an absolute fallacy. Yes. That you cannot grow together. Right. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and so there are people that are, and, and so the statistical point of view, like a man hits his sexual peak at 19 years old, meaning his body is saying, let's go yeah. the most in his life at 18. So biologically, you're ready to get married at a young age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But culturally, we're not getting married into our mid-30s. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know if this is too much of a pivot, and I'll, I'll pass it back to both of you. I believe it creates um, quite a bit of opportunities for people to enter- entertain sinful relationships mm-hmm. because they like the companionship element without the commitment. yes. And that opens the door to all different types of, of challenges rather than saying, All right, my mindset, my body w- is ready for a committed relationship. Right. I have to be able to let go of a lot of these social fallacies right. before I start looking for a person. Yeah. Now, I understand like mental development and things like that. Maybe your pastor, or your parents genuinely feel you have not demonstrated the maturity right to take care of another person because infancy cares about self yeah maturity learns to start to push the mental physical and financial energy towards other people Mm -hmm. and so i understand if you're in your 30s and maybe you just don't have the maturity everybody is different but i think creating these invisible benchmarks of well once i get a master's degree or once i get the career i want or once i have enough money in the bank account some come to find out that those things don't happen until a lot later. Right. Yeah. And they pass they pass by a prime season of courtship yeah. to pursue these things and then that season passes them by. Yep. And then they're left looking backwards. Right. Yeah. I mean, what are your I don't know what your thoughts are? I
2: feel like as far as the the aspect that you were talking about of not feeling ready to have to make that commitment is such a I would say fundamental issue, and any time that I've counseled a young lady or anything like that, and they're they're in this place of talking, right? It's called the talking phase. I say like if they're not ready to date you, then you need to move on. You've been talking for a year or whatever. That's, That's no commitment. They're yeah. unable, unfortunately, whether a female or a male, they are unable. To take a step of commitment, and that is a fundamental identity issue, That's and we need issue. to move on.
0: I just want to insert just a very quick comment. That is, in my opinion, a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. Be, flag. Because if that person isn't willing to commit to you after a year, that lets me know in general. I'm sure every case is different, mm-hmm. but that person is fishing for, in their mind, something better. Oh, so, absolutely.
1: Quick one. But How long do you think is uh, the range that you... Because we in Pentecostal culture, we've created this talking stage. Uh, uh, what what is the maximum? When does the yellow flag begin to? I raise think up? like
2: what? I think like maybe maybe like a month at most. Yeah. Because especially for our demographic, which is you know we have our Christian college that we have, and then we have our young adults. We do so much together. Yeah. That you you're gonna know. Yeah. You're, you're gonna, gonna know if there's forward. red flags. Yeah. You're gonna know if there's yellow flags. You're oh. gonna know. You know and. And you need to make that decision as a, as a man because yeah. I think that I was always of the opinion I am enough. When I got my God confidence, right? Not my confidence in myself, but my God confidence to know who I was in Christ and what he called me to do, yeah. I knew I am enough. If someone finds me admirable, they will make it known to me. I'm not going to go put the feelers out or do the flirty things. I was talking to a couple of girls the other day and I said, don't do the flirty things. You don't need to give them a hint that you're interested. Like, no. Make yourself available, do the work of God, and if they find you admirable and they have their manhood together yeah. and their identity solid, sure, it's a scary thing for men to do, but you have to do it. They have to do it. You right. know, it's their job to do it. Right. So they will come to you, yeah, and they right. will present themselves to you. I so, think, there's I think a in like a month.
0: a layer to it. Um, I, I totally agree with Sister Vanessa. If people are in the season of life where marriage is... Um, on the horizon, Marriage is um, within, I'll say within two or three years. I think if somebody, if you're in your late 20s and you, you're past college and all of that, I think there are scenarios where children do not have the blessing from parents who are financially supporting them or yeah. pastors who might see um, a challenge with their maturity but yet still cannot help their feelings for a person. Okay. And so they might not have the blessing to date them yet. Mm-hmm. And I, that's why I say, I think it's, it, it's some layers, yeah. but they can't control that. I like this person. And I like spending time with them. Right. That becomes the prolonged talking season, yeah. but they nice need to honor nice. that and resist becoming romantically involved Yes. Right. while you don't have that yeah. blessing from yeah. financially supporting parents uh, yeah. or a pastor who has spiritual concerns. Yeah. um, And so you're saying, I really like this person, but we're not going to enter any type of romantic territory until we're able to receive that blessing yeah. but you can't call talking talking if you're just as much boyfriend and girlfriend yeah, it's, that's it's yes. yeah that's a commitment issue yeah that's great that's a commitment issue yeah but if you're willing to honor because I, I i know there's probably going to be lots of people <laughs> that listen to that po- this podcast right who are in the talking phase yeah and if you're listening on Spotify, I'm giving air quotes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> the talking phase. Feel free to
1: message us yeah. any questions yeah. or comments. I don't <laughs> want
0: you to feel like a, utmost condemnation no, or, no, like, no, no. or to, to question the other person's intentions. If you really do match the scenario we're talking about where the season of spouse uh, entertaining or, or courtship entertaining the concept of finding a spouse isn't within the next two or three years and you are just somebody you like and you can't control it. Well, the quote unquote talking phase needs to really restrict romantic involvement because then then you're just doing the thing without calling it the thing. Yes. And there's no point in that. And there's bigger issues in that. And there's bigger issues in that as well. And, And you know, for not just
2: physically, you know, not just that you'll be tempted physically the closer you get. But I've always told young women, let your your intimacy match your commitment level. Yeah. And not just that's, physical that's, intimacy. Yeah. I mean emotional awesome. intimacy because young women are more driven by how they feel and how they're connecting with someone. Yeah. You know, they're, you're talking about your whole past. You're talking about your struggles. You're, they're your soundboard, you know. Like that is not always an appropriate thing if you're just talking because your souls are getting knit together. And then once it comes time to rip apart, you're literally having to rip your souls apart, you yeah. know.
0: I think that's one of the the biggest challenges for in our culture 17 and high schoolers dating is genuinely what attracts you to somebody at 16 is not a person is not the qualities you look for <laughs> at a husband or a wife right yeah right, right. And, and that person's going to develop the development between 18 and 25 in our culture is crazy that's immense it's crazy and so you don't know what person that person's going to become so we're definitely not vying for Shotgun weddings, you know right, we're not right. vying for no, no um if you're eighteen and you love somebody, just get married right yeah, and i think right. I don't know if that's the 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 impression or not i I don't think it is, but Sister Vanessa makes probably the best point on this topic is if you get involved even emotionally and you don't you're not ready for that season if something changes yeah. you just i mean people this is very true i've had in this last year people many people that border walking away from god or the call of god in their life and if you think i'm talking about you and you're listening it's not just you it's a bunch of you all right because they're going to be thinking he's calling me out i have about five myself i'm not calling you out. i got a a handbag full all right and so there's a reason i'm speaking about it if it was just one person i wouldn't air your dirty laundry but it's a handbag of people Who are willing to walk away from God because of, oh, and we should really talk about, you know, the will of God concerning Mm -hmm. somebody Mm -hmm. because, you know, I prayed about it and and felt good about it. Then it didn't still work out. Then there's this divine existential yeah. Crisis. Do oh, I even yeah. know God? What is yeah. yeah. the voice of God? Is yeah. Yeah. Real, <laughs> right? Because His love was so powerful. You know, <laughs> it must have been God. Ooh, we prayed at yeah. all the confirmation. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and wow. I remember one time, and I, I don't know if they're listening, but it's just too funny not to share. Um, <laughs> I had a young couple come to me, and this is years ago. Nobody would know who this was. A young couple come to me years ago, and they said they sat down, and I never had seen them together before. And they said, "Hey, we just want to let you know that." We think it's the will of God that we get married. And um, I was like, just taken aback. I'm like, okay, all right, tell me about it. They're like, well, sign after sign after sign, it's just crazy how many signs have been pointing that it's God's will that we get married. And I'm like, okay, okay, well, how long have these signs been taking place? They said, for about
1: two days. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> he, he
0: said, he said, um, and I have a point to this. He said, you know, God, if it's the will of God that uh, I marry her, let her walk right in front of me right now. And then she just right there, she was right there. And so at that point, I knew she was supposed to be my wife. Wow. And sometimes the heart really has a tremendous ability to mimic the voice of God. It Love has that ability. Love has the love ability. Love is powerful. And I, and I have a greater theory on this, but I'll I'll bounce it back, uh, and get your thoughts and maybe add it at the end but those people ended up marrying different people you know yeah I mean, yeah their relationship didn't last longer than a couple of weeks but wow it's more of a funny example of yeah. just because good things happen and positive things happen does not necessarily mean anything about something being set in stone mm-hmm. or god had declared something to happen yeah. you have to get will for that person to change and for you to change. And as you date, you start to learn things about each other. And then the other person realizes, you know what? Um, I don't maybe I'm not as attracted to you as I thought, but we have got to have the integrity. I am calling for the integrity of people that if you don't like somebody, don't blame God. And
2: because it didn't work out, not because you're getting closer to God right now. Yeah. Right. The scapegoat that I just really feel like God wants me to get closer to him. Because you know
0: what the (laughs) other person feels? Because in my I'm ungodly. In my high school years, in my high school years. Oh, Pastor Morgan. I had this happen to me. (laughs) And I sat there looking at God and like, God, why do you like her more than me? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Why did you tell her and not me? (laughs) Right. And I have come. You have no no idea how many times over a hundred times i've shared this with people this example who have felt in the same position yeah why did they why does god love them more than me he yeah. never told me right that. right and you cause that other person. you think you're letting them down softly but what you're saying you're is you're sending god, into a doesn't, spiral. god doesn't think you're good enough for me <laughs> so sorry yeah. bro and the, not only for... that
2: but like you said like why didn't god tell me right it's like oh my gosh i god isn't do I even know God? Like you send them into a spiral of their own relationship a terrible, with God. A yeah.
0: terrible. It is much softer of a blow for you to say, I just don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, it yeah. hurts harder, faster, but it heals quicker Yes. than to say, Don't oh, blame it no, on God. No. And, and, and to take it further, to say, I'm just focusing on my relationship with God right now. Well, you're saying you pull me away from God. Yeah, Yeah. there's something about me liking you that makes me love God less. Right,
2: right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then you're
0: sitting there. God, I am an (laughs) animal. I'm a sinner. (laughs) I am the devil. I'm a carnal. (laughs) And so I like. I hope. I'm robbing him from God. God. I think we have said this is one of my favorite podcasts (laughs) we've ever done. But I think if anything, you get from this podcast, and I, I would, I want to pass it to Josh about when he says God's he gives the best answer I've ever you're heard. You're putting the pressure on me. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, you've given the best answer I've ever heard. You said it a long time ago. I can jog yeah, your memory. Yeah, yeah. But about when God says they're not the will of God for me. Mm. What is really going on in your estimation when people, because I believe people do have that prayer experience. Right. But you said something along the line God is revealing to them. Do you remember? Do you remember?
1: Uh, You're remember? You going to have to refresh me okay. more. <laughs> okay. I did did hear this a long time ago. I was in the spirit, right? He was under the unction. (laughs) So you said something along
0: the lines of when God speaks to you about someone not being the quote unquote will of God, what the Lord is most likely doing is revealing to you what is inside of your own heart. Because in a lot of scenarios, we fall in love with the idea of being in a relationship, yes. or the
2: idea of a person what they'll be, or what we think they more, can it, be. Exactly, potentials. like you were talking the some the potential comments you made
0: about fixing people, and and um and God reveals to us what's in our own heart, and you start to realize I'm more in love with the idea of a person. Yeah, like maybe they have a last name. Yeah, and yeah. then I I'm starting to get in this relationship with them, and then I realize, you know what, I truly don't want to marry somebody with the last name. Yeah, right. I was more in love with, or, or only for their last name. It yeah, ra- it was much better said that way than finding true, genuine companionship. Yeah, mm. and so in many scenarios, God, out of His mercy, will reveal to us what's already in our own heart.
1: Um, maybe, did, maybe you didn't say. I don't no, know. He, you know I've what? heard him say something yeah, like I, that I, before. I, I don't remember saying it, but I'll take credit for it. Yeah. But yes, also, good. I
2: feel yes. like the, the honestly, God, I remember you saying that. The opposite is also is also there as well, right? There are some people like myself. I remember when Josh approached me, I thought, "Well, he thinks he's this big bad preacher guy, and I don't come from anything, you know?" So I was like, "Absolutely not." You know, like just because you're a big bad preacher, I'm never going to give him a chance. Like, you know, he was whole, and that intimidated me, but I didn't know that yet. You know, he had his confidence wow. in God, and I couldn't control or make him better, you know, and that was my complex. Like, Oh, I'm I'm wise. I I've been through a lot of things. Like, let me help you. Let me be a nurturer that God created me and help you to be a better thing. Let me be your God, basically. Let me be. Let me dominate, right? Because I'm more mature and I have more my identity more together. But when Josh came along, it was like he actually told me. He's like, "It's the little foxes that spoil the vine." You have to see this in your mind that this is what you do, you know. And I was like, I felt the Holy Ghost when Josh told me that, and I was like, Oh my gosh! There are just some things that you don't know that these complexes that you don't know you have in your mind until God uses a spirit to reveal it through whoever it is the word a person a preaching and I remember Josh told me that and of course at the time I didn't tell him he was right but oh you better believe I went to prayer and I was like Lord I have this complex like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you an opportunity because you don't need me like you're all together like I I'm supposed to help Fix people, you know, and and it's not so. Like, what if they do have a last name, or what if they are highly praised, but they do have that God confidence? God exactly right. Yeah,
0: we're yeah. turned off by things yeah that right. are of uh, are of no consequence. Right. 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 right, right, because they
2: intimidate us, and we don't know it. We're scared to just believe that God actually has united us with something that great, you know. But you don't deserve something. Yeah.
1: Great. Usually, in those those occasions, it is because people are uh, seeking a partner that symbolizes an aspect of their past that has not been healed by the hand of God. Anymore. Yes. You know, they're, they're they're actually not seeking a partner. They're seeking their father who abandoned them mm-hmm. and was never there for them. That's it. And, and, and they're only symbolizing uh, men in the present and men, women in the present uh, who seem to be symbols of... And in subconscious, which is so scary about this, yes, it's subconscious. It's subconscious you don't even real. And that's where, I, you know, God comes and and reveals what's actually in your heart. It's subconscious. It's like, you know, and that's what's so scary is that if you don't let God search your heart. You're not going to find this out, yeah. but you're letting you're giving these people opportunities to be in your heart, not because you care about them, but because you're trying to overcome your past. And if you can win this girl over, even though she is not interested in you, even though she seems like she is not in the will of God, she's, uh, you know, a carnal or he's carnal, you know, if you, it's, uh, the, your subconscious tells you, if I can win them, then I won my mother who should have been in my life oh, since yeah. I was a child. That, yeah. and, so and it's a symbol. It's a symbol. And, 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 you know, God then comes into our lives and we, when we allow him to reveal our heart then he shows us things uh, about ourselves and we realize yeah this is this is not meant to be that's if we're lucky no no, no not if we're lucky that's if we actually intentional intention- are intentional about pursuing an authentic depthful relationship with god that is able to unfold those things you know what i mean and that's that's the journey that sister abrego had to go through without me too Like, even though I I spoke that to her, which I don't recommend you doing, okay, at all, because I spoke really, you know, very uh, pointedly. Uh, (laughs) But when I did, it was my last shot. Like, it was the day that she rejected me. Brother Bishop (laughs) called it intense moments of fellowship. Intense moments of fellowship. I backed away because I knew the healing that had to happen had nothing to do with me. And I couldn't be her savior. I couldn't be her hero. And she had to find it in God. And she had to discover her own journey. You know what I mean? And so. Um,
2: and it wasn't a convincing, right? It's not like we're telling young men, hey, convince her to see her own flaws. No, it was no. God really did use my husband th- at that time. He wasn't my husband in an unction to read my mail. And at that point in life, uh, really not a lot of people had ever read my mail, n- let alone peer age. Like, absolutely not. So I knew I felt the Holy Ghost in him talking. Of course, I'm never going to tell him that, you know, but it was a prompt of the spirit. And I had always prayed. And I tell young women to pray this. I said, I would bear all shame. I will bear all shame of any decision I have to revert. But I could not get this choice wrong in my life. I could not marry the wrong person. And I had prayed for years before I ever got to this Bible college while I was on this Bible college because I had never seen a healthy marriage. My mom hadn't come from a healthy marriage. Mm. None of my aunts had healthy marriages. Never was it ever an example for me to have a healthy marriage. So I had no context other than my relationship with God and the Bible. And so I knew I was making wrong decisions long before I even got here when I was a teenager, you know, in relationships prior. But I just held on to the grace of God and I begged him in prayer, whatever you have to do, don't let me get this wrong. This is your choice always, yeah. even if I make wrong choices, if I date the wrong people, I will bear the shame of whatever I have to bear to go take back my word or or break it off or whatever. I can't get it wrong. Like I'm yeah. so desperate to not get this wrong. Yeah. And so I think in those prayers of years, God used someone who was trying to pursue me. That was very embarrassing. I mean, for someone of his caliber to like call out my mail it's like, oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. Really. Again, my I mail. don't recommend that. All so, right. it's
2: not recommended. Young guys you know? and young so if you women, you want to
1: pick up a girl guys. A very Here's d- the thing. If you want to pick thing. up a girl, prophesy to them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dude, no, if, you, if you go to any girl yeah. and you tell them God told you told me you're going to be my wife. Oh, No. No. I, no. I proclaim a
1: curse on you. Yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, I tell young you, men, yeah, many young men it. who come to me and say, "I just feel like in prayer, it's the will of God for us to be together." I said, "Rule number one: never tell her in your life. Okay, yeah. don't tell her." Uh, I didn't. There were confirmations that came to my life about not that we were going to get married, but for me to stay and wait for her. Okay, uh, that I didn't tell. A sister Abrego, until we were engaged, no, yeah, I refused to tell her my confirmations until we were in a place where we were committed, Safety. yeah, you know, and we were committed to participate in this lifelong that covenant. Goes back,
2: quick insert and let you continue. That goes back to matching intimacy with commitment,
1: right? Exactly,
0: even yeah. in spirit, yeah. right? It, you, you can't do that, and don't mm-hmm. and don't use and don't use God as a leverage tool either way in these scenarios. Yeah, when we say, don't say that God told me it's not his will. Yeah. yeah. We need to take a break. Yeah. And don't say, well, I know you don't really like me, but. Yeah. God right. wants it. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want it either. You know. <laughs> We've gone out of it, guys. I've heard, I've, yeah, yeah. It's not to me. God told me. You know what <laughs> I mean? You have no idea. I mean, you've seen this yourself where somebody <laughs> said, um, you know, God told me I'm going to marry them. I didn't want it at all, but. <laughs> the, <laughs> like, oh, you know, God, oh, okay. you know, God doing God thing, yeah, you know, here, right? like, like learn to address that person directly mm-hmm. and become owning the decision be right? ownership mm-hmm. of your. Yeah. yeah, yeah and if right. it's God's will, um, let that person make the decision for themselves. Yes. So they feel yeah. like a free moral agent. Yes. and Yeah.
2: I feel it's almost having more faith in God to reserve that and keep that That's between right. you and God and let him do what he has to do in her or him to align you together at the right time. Right? right. It takes more faith to not tell her than to try to flaunt it in front of her or him. That's because right. my husband has always said, and I think it's a fabulous way to put it is if you do that, you have now put in question her relationship with God. Right. Because what if she hasn't heard that from God? Now you have questioned her relationship and her faith in God. And it puts you in that same situation we're talking about yeah. Yeah. of just existential crisis of, do I even have a relationship with God? Yeah. Do I even know how to pray? Like, it's just not necessary. It, your faith lies in your silence and trusting in your God and what yeah. he's told you in that your prayer very closet. Very
0: well said. You know? Yeah,
1: that's it. Very well said. Now let's, let's go back to signs here. Signs, uh, that one is ready to start dating. Okay. Let's, let's go into signs that one, one is ready to start dating. Cause you had, had mentioned a few of them, you know, um, I think all of, we've touched, and it's been the will, I feel like we've flowed, even though it may seem like we're scattered. I think uh, each aspect of this conversation has demonstrated elements uh, that can lead us to now this pre-dating assessment. When am I ready to start dating, okay? Uh, I think, uh, first of all, you're saved, okay? you got to be saved. You should not be dating anyone. If you are apostolic, you should not be dating. You should not be flirting to convert, right? Basically, right. you shouldn't be dating anybody who is not in the faith. Okay, um, that is number one. Uh, because we should not be dating potential men of right. God, potential yeah. women of God. We need to be dating right now men of God and right now women of God. Okay, that's how, what young adults should be seeking not the promise that maybe one day they will be come around. They'll kind of, there's nothing you can it do to guarantee to that. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing you can do and to I guarantee think a lot
2: that. of people fantasize or, or they desire the uniqueness of their situations to be, they, they want to make the, they want to make a reality what they've dreamt up in their head of like being the exception and not the rule. Yeah. If you follow the rule, and God sees you as a faithful person who's after his heart and you're just walking in him always, he will give you that uniqueness or he will give you that thing that sets you apart. Maybe someone does flirt to convert and it works, but they didn't flirt to convert. They started saving someone's soul and then they gave them Bible studies and then they brought them to church. And then a year later they're compatible and they're dating. And then we call that flirt to convert. But then people fantasize that and are like, well, I can do that too. It's like, no, you walk in the rule And God writes your story to be unique in certain ways. You know, you don't have to make it unique. Yeah. It, it, it just happens uniquely because he has a story for everybody, you know, because there's also that can be said as well for women who are the pursuers, right? I know some great women of God who pursued their husbands. It's the exception and not the rule, but they started off as the rule. They were walking in the rule. They were walking in the pattern that God has laid for us to walk in, which we're talking about and we're, probably going to lay more clearly for the listeners is how do you know you're going to start dating and how do you do that appropriately right you walk in that rule and god will write it uniquely however he wants to and and that's
1: that's an excellent point because whatever i say uh, as uh, markers that you are ready should not be seen necessarily as stuck in stone uh rules there's more like signs because uh, your life is might not follow this pattern. Right. There's signs on the road that y- it seems like you're ready, okay? I would say this. I'm going to give you guys my rough list and do it really quick, okay? Uh, you know, one, all right, that um, that you have demonstrated some kind of order in your life as an adult, all right? Um, meaning it um, you're faithful to go to class, okay? Uh, you're a college student. Because a lot of young adults who are listening are college students full-time. You're faithful to go to class. You're doing your assignments. You're demonstrating order in your life. You're demonstrating Adam who is naming the animals and already beginning to fulfill the will of God. Yes.
2: I think not just college as well. Like We have listeners who are also... Young adults who are in the workforce, right. right? Exactly. You are faithful to your job. You're going... You're yes. on time. Exactly. You're a reliable employee. It, you're a great employee exalt, as a Christian. That they exalt yes. and they recognize as such. Yes. You know, that yes. that order. Same order right. in a different setting.
0: If somebody setting. does not have character, generally they're not going to have character in one area and not another. Yep. Right. So if you're a bad employee, I don't think you're magically going to become a good husband. No. Right. Because it takes a large amount of character to be yeah. a good husband, right? and commitment, and doing things even yeah. when you don't feel like it, yes. and, and fatherhood especially. Like, yeah. And so if somebody demonstrates a lack of integrity, and, and everybody makes mistakes, but demonstrates a consistent lack yeah. of integrity with their job, or with their schooling, or with their finances, that same lack of integrity will be yeah. demonstrated in your marriage, right. Right. Yeah. it just will yeah. happen. Yeah. And so, again, not, not that everybody's perfect, but looking for these general qualities that this person is going to be a consistent Christian in every environment. Yeah. Yes. Right.
1: Not just in Sunday morning yeah. or Wednesday evening. Yeah. Yes. this dis- To add on top of that order and that character. So the first
2: one, let's say, because one of my pet peeves is when people list off is they do one and then they don't number anything off. So number one. Number one is what would we say that integrity
3: in, yeah integrity.
2: integrity as a christian yeah, in integrity. all areas of life yeah. and good character yeah. that's summing up good character yeah. integrity yeah
1: number two it that character i would say manifests in the way that they use their money uh because money is a good sign of good character uh what does this mean it doesn't mean that you have thousands of dollars have a in lot the bank. of it right right no it means that you are responsible with what you have managing it exactly that instead of going out and hanging out with your friends you make sure that you pay your bills first mm-hmm. that shows that you are in control of money right. uh, money represents time and energy it represents you know uh it represents uh, what you value you know you will put your money where your where where your where your heart is uh, that also includes giving are you a giving person generosity Is a basic characteristic of Christianity in the New Testament. It's not in addition. It's not a, oh, uh, plus the cream on top of the cake is somebody's generous. A giver. A giver. No, no, no. (laughs) We, by nature, need to have a generous spirit.
2: But not just financially. Generous spirit in in everything that someone has, right? In their time, in their consideration for people. Beautiful. Time
1: is commodity. Everything that you have. You know you you when if you are disciplined enough to give to other people, okay, that is one of the highest forms of discipline uh y- that you show generosity towards another person because you don't you value them more than yourself yeah okay three uh, y- uh you are you are not representing romantic relationships uh you're not metaphorizing romantic relationships with past. Uh, with past wounds that haven't been healed good mm. that's huge y- you have to know in your heart you have to have that confidence to say i am not seeking romantic relationship to fill some type of hole of a lack of intimacy uh that uh, uh that was present in my life when i was a child or adolescent mm-hmm. uh, that's very important you need to find that in god yes Because otherwise you will use this romantic relationship as a tool, um, as a, a tool, as a, a material object to fulfill something in your heart. Um, and you won't be falling in love with the person, you'll be falling in love with the idea of that person. And then when they don't meet your expectations, right, that's where jealousy comes from. That's where envy comes from. That's where, you know, why didn't you text me back on time? Why did it take you two, three hours to text me back? Mm -hmm. Because you're imagining in your mind that somehow they're cheating on you. They're betraying you. You use
2: them for your gratification. And they're not, they're not meeting what you're needing to gratify yourself. Exactly.
1: And all that is, is unhealed wounds. When you know that you're entering into this romantic relationship or this potential relationship, um, uh, um, Letting that person be who they are and mm-hmm. not be who you want them to be, right? Uh, then, and I think then a, you're ready. I
2: think a sign of that, because that will come up, right? Let's say you had a relationship, you came to the Lord, He's healed aspects of that. When you date again, years later or a year later, there are things that you have not experienced since that prior relationship. Yeah. So, let's say the phone thing, right? Because I have personal experience with that. You know, the guy you're dating pulls out the phone. And this heat comes over you because you've never been in a relationship with a guy since yeah. that last time. And the last time that phone was being used to be very unfaithful to you. Yeah. And so that guy, the new guy pulls up a phone and you're just flooded with like insecurities and stuff that you just haven't touched for years yeah. because you can't touch that until that relationship comes up again or that instance comes up again. Mm-hmm. A good way to know if you're ready to date is how you react to those kinds of situations. Right. So I remember having that situation happen to me and I thought, Oh, like, i wanted to be insecure and say well why are you doing that why are you pulling that right now why are you texting but i was like that doesn't seem healthy you yeah. know and that doesn't seem uh like sane you know yeah, that seems right. a little crazy right. that jealousy that whatever you can't act on those impulses you save that and you take that to god yep and you let him touch it and unpack it right. and then you heal that with yourself and they're none the wiser why because it's not their problem They're not cheating on you on the phone. You feel it because you haven't been in that situation in years where someone that you care about is pulling out their phone and it gives you that cringe of, you know, that fear of that past experience. So a a good way to know if you're ready and you're handling things correctly and you're dating for that point is how are you reacting to those situations? Because they will come up, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're not ready because you feel that jealousy or you're not not ready because you feel that insecurity. No, but how are you going to handle that? We'll tell you if you're ready. If you're going to be the crazy girlfriend that's like wanted the passwords to everything and check the phone and all this stuff, or are you going to take it to God in prayer because you have that relationship with God and he's your foundation and you're going to unpack that for yourself before you ever bring it up, you know?
0: Yeah. And overt control is not a manifestation of love. Yeah. Right. A manifestation of insecurity. Yes. And love keeps no record of wrong. Wow. If you look at the list of love, it, it, it puffeth not itself up. There's nothing that's defined in the characteristics of love in First Corinthians 13 as anything to do with over control or jealousy. Obviously, there are boundaries. Yes, but when it starts entering into the realm of uh, I have to control every element of this person's life, that does not mean that person loves you. Yes, that means that person. As intense, insecure issues that they have not dealt with. And you can't fix those. And I feel really bad for people that are in those scenarios because yeah. it chokes the life out of them. Yes. yes.
2: And I say that you can't fix those. As the person who is involved with the person that has those overcoming things that they're reacting on, those overcoming deep insecurities, you as the wholer person cannot lead them out of that.
1: No, they, they have to go You the need to
2: know that's a red flag. Yes. And you can have a little patience and see if they figure it out with God. But after a little bit, I mean a little bit, you need to say, this person is not ready to date. Yeah. I am ready. But based off of their reactions, their continuous cycle reactions right. of insecurity and reacting off of those, this is not the situation I need to be in.
0: To use a modern maybe reference, if you have to check your significance, others location on a daily, regular basis, probably one of you isn't ready for a healthy relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. If you are constantly wondering and assuming and worried, yeah. and and I don't mean like if that's your style, like how far are they away from dinner and things yeah. like that, yeah. but it stems from a place of worry that or fear. Concern. Right. Yeah, um, there is definitely some unhealthy elements yeah. because yeah. Yeah. relationships are built upon the foundation of right. trusting one
2: another. Yeah, or you're obsessed with needing the passwords to things, or yeah. or how questioning. Well, why are you texting that way? Why are you? Why are you pulled away from me? Like yeah. those little things that really are insignificant like. to a person who's healthy, but it's like eating you alive. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah an uh, issue.
1: Yeah, and, and, and if you ever encounter this situation, it's doubly reason for you to step away from that relationship. If you give any indication that uh, you think it's best that you part ways and that other individual says, no one loves me and no one cares about me, and everybody leaves me, that is not a reason for you to stay and help them. Right. That is a double reason for you to step away because that cannot be healed by a human being. That means that that person, or if you're that person, that means you yourself are projecting your past onto an individual, okay? You are projecting your past hurts, and now they're representing all the times in the past where people have left you and abandoned you, which is authentic hurt. It's authentic pain, but it's not meant to be healed by that person. It's meant to be touched by the loving hands of God. It's meant to be touched by the Holy Spirit. Yes, It's meant to be given life through your relationship with God. Otherwise, you are participating in idolatry Seeking for the tree to give you knowledge of good and evil. Seeking for a man or a woman to heal your broken heart yep. when it's always found always. with walking with God That's in the it. garden. Yes. I feel the Holy Ghost mm. now. I, yeah, Walking with the Lord in the garden and hearing from him and being healed. Yes. Okay. Uh, fourth. And then I'll just leave this. And it's the opposite of the third. That you don't project... Uh, Uh, You don't project your past and your pain onto individuals, right? And fourth, that you know how to value people for who they are, right? And this is connected to the concept, love your neighbor as thyself. You know how to value your neighbor. You know how to honor them. You know how to respect them. That means, uh, you know, you yourself, you're not a bully. You don't put people down, okay? You don't gossip and destroy people. Because you're not loving your neighbor as yourself, you know how to lift up and motivate and bless those around you when you yourself value others and the Christ that is in them and reverence their value, intrinsic value as a child of God or as potential child children of God as sinners. You know how to love the sinner. You know how when you have those true emotions for others. Then I would say those are great markers. those are great signs in a row in the, in, uh, on the road that you're probably ready to begin at least keeping your eye out for individuals to begin a relationship with and to start dating. None of that has to do with how much money you have in the bank, uh, because I think we we put a lot we put too much on the amount that somebody has or yeah. the amount somebody's making in, uh, in, as a salary and an, on an hourly basis. Uh, you know, and no, uh,
2: you're definitely not going to want to go on a date and have her pay for her own meal or something like right, that. Exactly. Like, you need you'll to you'll pay. find a way. You can't be
1: asking find a way. to borrow money to take someone on a date. If right. you if you can't do that, then you're not quite ready. right? Yeah. You don't
2: yeah. have to have money, but you find ways, yeah. you know, you find ways you you make yourself a little budget. You save to take them out like that's just character, responsibility, character, manhood, you know. So uh,
1: is there anything else that you guys would add that you would say, these are pretty good principles, these are pretty good signs. Um,
0: I would add, and people ask me, what is I do a lot of uh, premarital counseling?" And I think there are around three predominant traits that make a good marriage, and they take a lot of unpacking. I believe having good communication. What does that mean? I, I don't want to talk about this too much because that's a more of a marriage conversation. Good communication does not mean talking about everything all the time uh, or, or everything that pops into your head. Right, okay. That's not good communication. Mm-hmm. Good communication actually requires you to have a, a foundational self-awareness. Okay. Yes. Why am I feeling what I am feeling? Mm-hmm. And so I use the illustration like this. In marriage, again, so... Maybe this is out of season for some of you, but I think you can maybe apply it to your own it's context. Cultivating, yeah. When a husband goes to the bathroom and he leaves the toilet seat up, and I have heard legends. Mm-hmm. I had many sis- I had sisters and two step mom, uh, mom and a step. Mom. I grew up with a lot of women, so I'm pretty good about putting the toilet seat down. But I've heard legends, yeah, where there are women <laughs> who go to the bathroom and they just don't look, and the toilet seat up. They they fall right in. I've heard the legends, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Um, I grew up with all brothers, so I was the plopper.
0: You were the plopper. It's real.
2: Yeah, it's real. Okay, so you were
0: the plopper, but in a marriage context, husband leaves a toilet seat up, even though you've told him hundreds of times to put it down, and then he doesn't, you instantly get furious with anger. Okay? Something I have been taught, and maybe I've shared on this podcast before, but it's helped me tremendously with my own self-awareness and with helping people that anger is a secondary emotion. You always feel angry either immediately or subtly after you feel a first emotion. Mm. Mm. So if you're angry, you always have to ask, why am I angry?
1: That's a good, good principle.
0: And so in this scenario, you're not just angry because he forgot to put the toilet seat down. You are angry because you first felt neglected or you felt that your needs, ignored is probably a better word, you felt ignored that your needs are not important. And so good communication is not, yo bro, it's not bottling it in. Yo bro, you didn't do that, that's not good communication. Good communication is, honey, when you don't put the toilet seat down, that makes me feel like you don't care about my needs yes and then the the conflict is resolved the yeah. husband goes what can he say you know oh like my gosh, yeah I care about you so much yeah. but sometimes people people will say will you always do this will you always do that yeah and then it creates this breakdown of communication yeah. so again communication isn't talking about things all the time it's actually learning to look introspective yes and properly communicate what you are feeling, yeah. rather than just attacking and yelling. Absolutely. and that's good. And so, okay, that's outside of this season a little bit, but you can start working on your communication skills in dating. Yeah, okay, uh, and then uh, trust. If you don't trust the person, you don't want to make that person your spouse. Okay? Can I
2: add to your to your communication, yes, Pastor yes, yes. Morgan? Because my oldest brother taught me that I don't think it's too far out of their season if they're trying to get ready to date and marry. Because my eldest brother taught me that you start practicing on the people closest to you, Mm. your family. Start trying to learn how to have good communication with your family and prepare yourself. You know, if you've had bad communication with your mother or your father, try to now build good communication. Even if they're they're elders and they don't have great communication, you can come and try to bring better communication for your family. so important. Or your friends It enhances
0: every relationship. Yes. It enhances every relationship and I, I, I teach this in my speech class because there's some students that come in and say, ah, this is just a GE course, I'm going to get yeah. through it. Improving your ability to communicate what you are feeling is going to enhance every area of your life, every yes. relationship, your job, so on and so forth. There's a lot I can say on that, yeah. but I'm going to kind of divulge a little bit. Um, and then there's the element of trust, which I felt like we talked about sufficiently. But I feel that the bedrock, this is my personal opinion, the bedrock to a happy marriage, which I think you should look for in a potential spouse, is selflessness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's Very the bedrock important. because yes. what is yes. going to produce trust and what is going to produce healthy communication right. is selflessness yes caring about the and we have a plethora of scriptures to support this mm-hmm. okay husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church giving Himself Mm -hmm. for her. Yeah. Women, honor your husbands as the Lord. Yeah. Right. And so there's all these scenarios um, when Paul is actually talking about the Corinthian church not getting married because he's saying the husband does not look to his own needs, but to the needs of his wife and so on and so forth. So I feel the bedrock of good relationships, romantic relationships in particular, but really all healthy friendships and relationships is selflessness. You are tending to my needs. I am tending to your needs. Yes. And when I make your needs a priority and you make my needs a priority. Now, when you are in the, and this is where I really want to make the caveat. When you are in the dating phase, you are under no contractual obligation. Right to make that person's needs your needs. Yes. Hear me not, right now. Yes. So I'm not talking about the contractual obligation. Once you are married, that's the the status quo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about does this person have the ability to be selfless? To do that, mm-hmm. yeah. That's yes. all I mean because right. I don't want to get out of order. Dating
1: is not pseudo marriage. It's no. Not, it's no. not another form so of So I, I don't want you to take this to your boyfriend or girlfriend and say you're supposed I'm to your go. to meet your needs. <laughs> yeah. or, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so. <laughs> Let me get your lunch for you and bring it to you. Right. But wait yeah. a second now. So. Oh,
0: that aside marriage and dating are different and i think we've we've expressed that but do they have the ability to be selfless yeah and if they can put the needs of others above their own yes that is a potential for a very um enriching marriage Mm -hmm, and and relationship for long years to come and you know if i could you know we i've had moments in this podcast where i get i get to see the the disney marriage you know and and it is so but you guys always have inspired me and and one thing i've noticed about both of you and and my wife as well she just she treats me so much better than i deserve to be treated you know and as you mentioned seeing christ in somebody I, i i could feel what you were saying but in the context of my wife but I've always seen that you put each other above yourself. And I, I feel so bad for spouses in the scenarios where they're doing that and the other person mm-hmm. is not. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So you have one person who's just super fulfilled. Right. And you have other person who's being completely yeah. drugged in yeah. yeah. the mud. It only works if both are doing it. Absolutely. Yes, it really does. Super, super That's
1: important. That's the mystery of it all. That's the mystery of it all. You can either be one of two things, and I won't break this down here i'll break it down to the next podcast <laughs> that we have on dating because we're already almost hitting two hours oh my goodness and i'll break this down a little bit put a bit like more. on the video if you want
0: it to be a series
1: right there yeah. <laughs> you go and share it turn on notifications. like share and no. subscribe yeah. no um in a relationship in a marriage relationship you can be one of two things you can experience one of two things either the power of the resurrection of jesus christ or the fellowship of his suffering mm-hmm. the power of the resurrection was is when purpose has been fulfilled And uh, and there is this beautiful life giving force within your marriage. But the fellowship of the suffering is one that was willing to give everything and the other sin that takes and takes and takes. So where one is selfless and the other one is selfish, you will be destined to take the whips on your back and have the crown of thorns because you are the one who is willing to give. And the other is the one that's willing to take. And and because God has designed it to be that way, you will be like Christ in one way or another, either Mm -hmm. in the power of life and joy and resurrection or in the fellowship of suffering worth where one gives everything and all for the other. Yeah. So but um, the
2: powerful thing about that, I feel, is that you get to choose. Yeah. And my best friend, my best friend enlightened me in that when I was much younger than I am now. And she told me, she said, you get to choose what you want to bind yourself to for the rest of your life. You can sit here and pull your hair out with this unfaithful person who's just drugging you through the mud because that's all you feel that you are worth and you feel like you're never going to have another opportunity to be loved. You've invested so much. You've given so much. you know, You know their family, whatever. And you feel like you're in this cycle and they're just super unfaithful. But you have such a low value in yourself that you'll attach that to yourself for the rest of your life. Or you can... Dare to believe that God has something better for you and attach yourself to someone who maybe leaves their socks on the ground. Yeah. You know, you choose, you yeah. know, someone who's forgetful and maybe leaves their socks on the ground or forgets to turn off a light here and there, or someone who has a fundamental core issue right. with their identity and is causing you much pain where you have to be like Christ in the fellowship of his suffering. Yeah. You know, you have the choice.
1: So yeah. just to wrap this up, I'm going to throw this, unless you have something else to add to when you're, ready to date when people are ready to date oh, yeah. then i'll add i'll, I'll we'll we'll get you you'll have kind of the final word here um perhaps from a, from a girl's perspective cuz these are two two <laughs> men who have talked about it when uh, uh, when it are some good principles that you could add onto what what are some principles of that give you signs that you're ready to start dating
2: i think as a woman i think women maybe men do struggle with insecurities in different ways but women have a lot of issues with insecurities with beauty, right? Because that is more, that toll is more put on a woman in society and in culture. And like we've talked about subconsciously, men feel maybe projecting that in their sifting through of trying to find their spouses. So I would say you can know you're ready to date when you feel that God confidence in you. Yeah. And I every scripture that Pastor Morgan has quoted in my studying and praying for this podcast have in my notes because I'm type A. You know, I can't just pull it off the top. I need my notes and stuff. But he quoted the Psalms where it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. Someone is praising God because they know their worth because wow. they know they were yes. made by God. Yes. Right. It's not that they are something great. It's that, no, yeah. the creator made me. So I praise him for making me.
3: It's a confidence. confidence. It's
2: a confidence in who God is and therefore gives them value because he made them. Right. And it continues. And it says, marvelous are your works. So when when this person is proclaiming that, they're proclaiming that they They are marvelous because he made them. You know, and it's never in their own glory. Right. It's that God that they recognize their worth because God. God is the creator of that's them you know that's and then it continues and that my soul knoweth very well it's assured like yes. i know who i am not because of anything i could ever wow. do not because of anything that i could ever earn but because you gave me salvation yeah. you believed in me you trust me i don't feel like i can do this great thing right. or this great dream or this great whatever but i'm going to walk that path because yeah. you've enabled me to and everything you do is marvelous so i must be marvelous because everything you do it's when the word supersedes what you feel about yourself and all the insecurities of your past or the complexes that your parents gave you because they made fun of your nose or they made fun of your height or they picked on you for being chubby or whatever that you've endured that gave you these complexes of insecurity when all that is healed because you rely on the word of god for your worth as a woman i think is when you can know that you're ready to to engage in a healthy relationship Because women will engage in relationships for gratification, to feel worth, you know, instead of knowing their worth in and in entering into and a relationship, so they so get into relationships to just feel loved, to feel admired, to feel like they're worth something. You got to know that stuff. Yeah. you got to have that locked. I mean, you're going to have your bad days where you feel whatever, you feel down or you feel frumpy or whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fundamental insecurity issues. You got to have those cleaned yeah. and be yeah. able to stand and say, I know someone's out there because my God is faithful to me, yeah, yeah. Wow. you know? So as a woman, I think that is the biggest thing to keep this short. Cause we're already ending here, but yeah. it's fundamental for you to be secure in, in Christ, That's powerful. you know?
1: Um, and, and I'll say this just because I, I felt the need to say this, this morning when I was thinking about this, meditating on this, uh, there is a reason why we do not use, Pure, clean, white linens to clean very dirty things, right? We save the white, clean linens many times, you know, yeah, for, uh, for other things. For guests, for right? Guests. When guests are coming, Beautiful you put out your good things, towels and right? your, yeah. Um, what do we use for very dirty tables, for greasy tables? We use the tattered, stained uh, rags that are full of holes why because it's a dishonorable rag for a dishonorable jar- job. job and so many young adults are involved in dishonorable relationships they're involved with it in relationships that they should have never been in with people that sh- they should not be with and it's because you assume that you're the tattered rag You're the dirty stained rag that doesn't have much value. And the only thing that you're useful for is to clean dirty things. But what you need to realize is that though your sins may be crimson, the blood will wash you white as snow Mm -hmm. and you have value and you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's a reason to praise God. Going back to that scripture until you're ready to give god glory mm-hmm. for what he has created in you yes and praise god for the marvelous work and the goodness that he has manifested in your life you're probably not ready to date because you are fearfully and wonderfully made somebody's sense of value has been damaged by hurts that somebody inflicted upon you in your past and you need to know today that you are worth something and god has something beautiful waiting for you he has a beautiful dating relationship he has a beautiful boyfriend and girlfriend relationship he has a marvelous engagement and he has a blessed and glorious marriage waiting for you but you have to learn how to value yourself the way that god values you and value others the way that god values them in jesus name yes anything else no no beautiful place to end. Awesome. Jesus name. All right.
3: Yeah.